Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, looking back at your old work and hating it. First of all, um, happy birthday, dear sir. Thank you. Then uh, this is your <laughs> second second podcast of the day. You just recorded uh, clockwise. That was great. Yeah. You were great. Thank you. This was yeah, awesome. Yeah, pretty well. Uh, for me to be on this show. I was like pretty happy to be there. It was fairly stressful, uh, but I think it turned out really well. So check that out. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, I think so too, dude. If yeah, if by the end of this episode, uh, listeners still want to hear more Kevin, <laughs> um, <laughs> check that out. Okay, so uh, like uh, we mentioned in the beginning, today we're going to talk about that that dreadful thing, which I think everyone at some point, probably most likely, like through like all of your life, when you look back at stuff that you did, your old work. Um, you hate it for some reason, right? Uh, yep. This has been true <laughs> since forever. It's still very much true today uh, for me. Uh, I thought, uh, like in the beginning of my career, I thought this would be like this would ease out. You know, I would hate it less and less. <laughs> um, I don't think that's correct. I, I don't think that's true for me. Uh, like still today, um, and, and before, like the time span that it took which i think it's also interesting you know i want to ask you about this like the the time span that it takes for you to like you just did this right and hopefully you like it if you enjoy it that's why you finished it for a lot of reasons but i mean that, that may, may not be true but you know you just did it you don't hate it yet how long does it take for you to start hating it <laughs> so after it's shipped basically is the <laughs> would you say that's the starting point because i don't even yeah. know if it is like in some cases there are there can be long lead times like before a project ships where sometimes you actually start hating the work that you created before the thing ships mm. um i think i'm there yep <laughs> uh, it's not a so good place a to really be. quick kind of iteration cycle um yeah, I don't think there is like a specific amount of time for me, uh, but I like the longer it's been, I think the worse it gets. Mm. Uh, so there's there's almost like a, a like freshness <laughs> to the work that I've done. And so the older it gets, the more it's rotting. Jesus, uh, this is getting... <laughs> this is getting ugly. <laughs> Yeah, maybe this is, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and honestly, I think that's a healthy thing. Like, I, it, I think it's scary to start liking your own work. Um, like, one of the things that we talk a bunch uh, at Shopify about is not falling in love with your solution. You should fall in mm -hmm. love with the problem. Um, so, like actually hating your work is a great way to not uh, like 
move your eyes off the ball and keep focusing on making things better. Um, but it it also can have an, a negative aspect, right? Like if you really dislike all the work that you put out. Well, first, it's going to affect your morale. It's going to affect your, you know, confidence. And it's not great. You don't feel great, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Like your mental mental health. Uh, I'm really curious to see, like, is this something like that we can't escape it or we can like, you know, teach ourselves to appreciate what, what, what we did. Um, by the way, in that time span for me, it's getting shorter and shorter. Like the, the turnaround right now, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but it also like on the, on the flip side, sometimes rare occasions, but sometimes I can, I can distance myself from my work enough that I can appreciate it for a brief moment. <laughs> like, right. oh, yeah, that was nice. Um, and, it, and that's it. It's out. <laughs> um, but, but so this notion of timeless design, like something that it is just good work that will, you know, it will keep being good work <laughs> forever. Uh, is that too much to ask? Is that something that, is it achievable in any way? Like, do we know? Anyone who ever felt this or got to this position, even for, um, I don't know, I feel like I'm already answering it in some way, but uh, mm-hmm. like when we think about, you know, one of our like design heroes or like legends in the field or whatever, like a timeless piece of design, uh, I think maybe we can see it that way because we didn't do it ourselves, you know? Like if you're right. the author, uh, there's just something there that you can't, like remove yourself from from your own work to appreciate it in, in in a different light. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder like any of the 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 big names, you know, like do they look back at their own work and think, yeah, I would I would do things way differently now. Um and I feel like that's a comforting thought that maybe they also feel the same way. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um like on the flip side, I feel like I have some pieces of work where I am, I still feel proud. Like I, like there's always things I would change and I'm well aware of the problems. Um, but there are, are pieces of work. Like for example, the, the checkout of at Shopify that, Hey, like I'm still really proud of this. Like despite all its flaws, which we're working really hard to fix. Um, I still feel like this is sto- this is solid and this is holding up. Uh, and that's also a scary thought, right? <laughs> I, sometimes I wonder, like, does this mean that I have stopped growing in my abilities? Yeah, that's, we can only have that discussion if we start with the assumption that you hate your old work because you you are getting better every day and so when you look back you are judging your work with your current level of knowledge and skill right right? so in that light that was also that was always made by someone with not as you know talent or not experience as you are now and by that light it's always worse now but you kind of brought up i don't know if uh on purpose or not but that notion that hmm, like do you need to be good like your skill set needs to be on point 
your maturity in your experience do you need to be a good designer to create good work like could it happen either by chance <laughs> you know <laughs> either you just luck or by the effort of a, like a you know a lot of um, you know a large team or a lot of help or something i, I don't know um but let, let's for the sake of discussion because i don't think it's it's the it's the case on um like your example of checkout uh but like imagine that you by luck you know end up finding your perfect solution and you actually nail the execution um because it doesn't need much you know something to look good like execution wise is just you know set the right measures and colors and stuff right that's that is data is you know you you can you can mimic it you can replicate it um right so is it possible that you are not a good designer but you do great work and if so then <laughs> oh, i no, guess that designer gets better but <laughs> 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 like if that is possible then that designer like two years in you know is going to get better but it's still not as good as that piece of work that designer did like uh, <laughs> two years ago yeah i think that's you know? a, that's an interesting idea um i feel like that's possible uh, and mm. like one of the moments where i'm thinking that this might be possible is like different projects have very different um levels of difficulty mm -hmm. and so depending on which team you're working with and what type of project you're solving you might actually hit like the perfect team the perfect idea and like the perfect company to to execute on this idea so that basically everything is super easy and you basically just have to like show up do the work and like you'll end up creating something amazing whereas you might be in a situation where you actually have to work really hard to uh, make up for for the other things like maybe you're missing skills in your team uh or uh i don't know like you're facing like tons of strong competition or anything like that right mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know that's a that's definitely something that that might come into play so i guess an example would be imagine that you are an intern at dropbox right and you work on this on the New paper logo. app on the paper app for iOS and like you nail that list view <laughs> and you create the paper app i mean you were an intern you had a huge talented team behind you um but and then after that internship you started your own um like your own design studio or whatever you started making your own apps they will never be well, not never, but for a long time, they won't be as good as that first gig that he did with mm -hmm. a larger team. Um, and so basically your your portfolio starts super strong and then just gets worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it has huge drop in 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 quality. So I don't, I don't know. That, that's an interesting uh, position to be in. Um, it's kind of scary that, you know, it's not a, a linear you know, curve your, the quality of your work. It just doesn't mm -hmm. go up. Um, Overall though, I'd say for most people it is. <laughs> like, yeah. We're talking if, edge cases, but yeah. Yeah. If you have like a normal career progression, hopefully your work should just like keep getting better and better. Um, and that's great. 
Uh, I do think that uh, your old work, while it's not, it may not like please you today the same way it did at the moment where you created it, it's important. Uh, and one of the, the comparisons I like to make is like compare it to like music artists, like musicians, right? Um, they like some of them actually hate their biggest hits. Like they don't want to like play them. They don't like, and sometimes I feel like designers are very much the same way. Like they really like hating on old things that they've done. But honestly, that work is the reason why you're where you are today. So I think we have to recognize that, you know, and, and like, sure. Like there are a bunch of things you didn't know at the time, but given the kind of uh, like information and skill set and experience you had at the time, this was the best thing that you could make. Mm -hmm. One, uh, one thing though is I don't think it's possible to, to, well, I, I don't want to use absolute terms like this, but I don't think it's possible to create timeless work in the, era that we're in right now ah i'm so glad you brought it up it was here in my notes like is timeless design achievable today <laughs> like software yeah i don't think it is um mm -hmm. and the reason for that and and like it's arguable whether it was ever possible um mm -hmm. but i i i do think that the rate of change in the world has just gotten so fast that basically the only constant is change. Like it's like for sure there are going to be new iPhones that are going to keep coming out every year, new pixel phones as well. If Google keep, keeps them going, um, there's going to be like new behaviors that are going to de develop. Like people are going to like share new ideas and new technologies are going to, are going to become common. And so anything you make has built into it the current assumptions of what the real world is like. And that target is constantly moving. Except iOS springboard. That is <laughs> <Yeah>. forever. <laughs> I guess there are some constants. You're right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, even icon design has changed. No, absolutely. Um, and so, I, I think it's just um, one could argue that like the solution, the way you tackle it, is still and will always will be good design, right? Um, but the just the, the the trends and how stuff look like I, I don't think it's possible for something to still look good like forever, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah, and, and we're talking like I I would argue that to, today a timeless design like it means that it will last like five years you know? <laughs> right <laughs> it's like that kind of timeless uh mm -hmm. <laughs> with a constant change of you know trends and looks in and, and skeuomorphism and then flat and then but flat it was too flat and it already looks odd um yeah. i don't think you can design something in uh and, and granted uh, i'm being i'm talking more specifically about like mostly ui like software design um but i don't think you can design something today and be completely um 
like abstract yourself from any kind of trend, like UI trend, right? Like, yeah. you know, you can't design an interface today and not place yourself somewhere in the spectrum of like skeuomorphism or like flat or, you know, it's like you can't From design flat something to that... Eli Schiff. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it, we mentioned Eli Schiff. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it means that everything you do, you're going to, you're going to, Place your work somewhere in this spectrum, and the thing is, what is considerably, what is what is considered uh, like good, shifts in that spectrum, right? Yeah. Uh, Eli shifts, uh, so that means that uh, <laughs> like time will not be a friend for your work. Like you're always dependent on where you are at, at in history. Yeah, looking at it, and I think it's reached a point where it's sort of pointless to chase something that is timeless. And I almost feel like the better way to achieve something that is quote unquote timeless is to just evolve, keep evolving all the time. So that basically like take advantage, like if things are not going to last forever, then take it full advantage of that and update regularly so that it's, it's never well, like a complete departure but it, it it is con constantly living and evolving and getting better or different. But then it's not like a design, you know. It's right. an iterative yeah. process. Then it's like, well, that is that is the best case scenario for everyone. Just keep updating it. <laughs> um, but I think a good uh, like advice rule of thumb, if you want something to not be super dependent on like time, like this will look good for a week, you know, uh, it's just don't bet on extremes. Um, always like try to be a bit conservative, pursuing some trend or whatever. Um, a very good example for me um, of this is when the whole flat design thingy came with uh, you know material design and, and Windows Metro that they after renamed it for whatever, um, and then iOS seven uh, Stripe. At the time, I thought like it, it struck uh, just a perfect balance of. It's definitely not flat. It's not going along with the trend. Uh, still has shadows. Still has like the buttons that have a border. I think a two pixel border is the same. Uh, like it's still very much like skeuomorphism, but but a conservative skeuomorphist. You know, <laughs> I don't know if that's the word. Um, well, <laughs> and, like it looked good for a long time, even after like you could argue that this looks old, but it looked good, old right. good. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, they they totally, <laughs> eventually, uh, you know, change it and update it. Uh, but yeah, don't go crazy or yeah. on a new trend, and that will probably buy you some time, some shelf time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough too, though, right? Like, because you you often have to fit in with the current, um, like operating system trends and stuff like that. So for example, mm -hmm. like if you're making a website, then you maybe have more control. But if you're making apps, you're sort of forced to adopt the conventions because uh, that's mm -hmm. what users are going to expect. So it is hard to to not jump on uh, what you can call like trends or or just like things that like commonly used patterns at the time. It's hard, especially when those trends are like forced. <laughs> 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 you know, like, oh, you're using uh, 
system components, a UI kit, you know, default things. Yep, they're going to change whatever you like it or not. <laughs> um, anything else? Anything else on the topic? Uh, so, like, all right, let's let's try to arrive at some conclusion. Um, so, looking back at your old designs, designs is that a word? We don't know. Uh, we should ask a designer. Um, looking back at your old uh, work, can you like it? Can you like really like it? I'd say Ever. you shouldn't <laughs> love it, but you should be proud of it because it allowed you to get where you are today. I think that's a good one. Yeah. And try to appreciate it. Right. Really For what like it, it is. I think it's still the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and one thing that I find helps with that somehow is that uh, if you're making apps or, or even websites uh, in your portfolio, just include the current device at the time. Like, so if mm. you're making like an iPhone or an Android app, just like put it in a frame of the device, the current device at the time that that was created. Um, and I think that really helps you frame this project in terms of when was this in time <laughs> and, and like in comparison to what, right? Because you might have like an old iPhone design app in your portfolio. Uh, but then when people look at, it, uh, look at it, they see, ooh, it's a, on an iPhone like 3GS or something, you know? So it, it helps set the bar basically. Yeah. All right. So, and what about timeless design? Do you think it's possible? Uh, not in the sense that I think we see it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so no, not for software in today's world. I don't think that's something that you can achieve. All right, should we move on to our side dishes? Side dishes. <laughs> I think we're really going for it. <laughs> no one complained, you know, uh, yeah. I guess. That, well, the truth is I just uh, copy and paste uh, the show notes document when I create a new document, so a new episode. So I never change it. I never had to write it. It's just there, right? So <laughs> side dishes it is. Uh, so this week, a lot of stuff happened in the design world in the world um and so here in, in the show notes i have holy design tools cow like a lot of stuff happened this was what last thursday i believe or wednesday do not recall um but so we we got uh, adobe xd at their adobe max whatever it's called conference um uh, adobe xd uh, came out of beta Right, so it's finally now a thing uh, as part of Creative Cloud. A cloud is it's it's a thing. Um, then Framer came out with their you know over the top awesome videos, <laughs> um, and they released uh, exports, <laughs> which um, if you if you're a long time listener of this show, uh, you remember when when was the when Framer added the design part of you know the tool. Um, a glaring omission was exports. Like you could create everything, but you couldn't. Exp- export like a png <laughs> a layer yeah. or whatever so if they really are uh, serious about becoming uh end-to-end design tool um this is you know um it was an obvious 
a mission and it's here now and it was announced in the framer fashion <laughs> and then out of nowhere uh envision out of all companies they announced um a new end-to-end design tool as well and they call it envision studio and holy hell uh, that was something they got a lot of buzz it was on the twitters they had Forever. lens flares in their video. Len- I know. That's how you know <laughs> how serious they are. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it's out. Uh, I mean, it's out. I mean, it was announced that this is not coming out until next year, I believe. I don't remember. Uh, I got the impression it was like January. Yeah, that or whatever. I saw on the on the website that they were basically going on tour and giving people like demos. Yes, um, that is true. So yeah, they have a bunch of cities. Happen. Is there any in Montreal? Not that I'm aware of. I should check the website again to make sure, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I gotta say, that website is a holy scroll jack. It, <laughs> uh, it's rough. So they got New York, San Francisco, Berlin, Boston, Boston uh, Amsterdam, and Seattle. So, sorry. No Montreal or Toronto. Mm. No Canada. Really? Oh, but there! Oh, their hover animation uh, is pretty cool on the dates on the websites. <laughs> okay, so what do we think of this? This <laughs> we we can talk about the tool itself, um, and or uh, we can talk about um, what's up with this new trend of all the tools now want to like own it all. So, Framer uh, a couple of months ago started, you know, they want to be a design tool, um, not just the prototyping tool. And now Envision is also coming up super strong um, with a new tool. Uh, this is like, this is competing with Sketch in some way. Uh, I see that. The, so just today they announced a new uh, like uh, style guide type of thing. I haven't checked. Uh, I haven't paid too much attention. But like they're also supporting Sketch like in their crafts plugin. And also they're not like going out super strong against Sketch uh, just yet. So, <laughs> but well, at least... They're competing in some way. You can't escape that. Um, so now they have a tool. It's like a proper design tool, just like Sketch, just like Figma. And and they they still have their own prototyping thing uh, that they always had, a bit a bit more like sophisticated than their previous, just the web tool, because now you can like actually have some transitions and set up some curves and some proper animations. Um, and they have their whole like collaboration with the team review commenting on your screens upload to the web type of deal uh and this is a this is a native um app for both mac and windows i believe and so yeah it's not like a web thing it's a proper native app right and holy hell like this came out of nowhere it's (laughs) it's big i love that it uses a dark ui because not very many of the (laughs) our tools use that uh, yeah i think it's great um yeah i feel like the design tools are interesting but i have to admit i'm sort of worried about all these companies uh because the design tool market is sort of a winner takes all market mm-hmm. where it's really hard for one individual to change the tool that they're using 
as like people, whether you're in a, an agency or uh, you're working at, in like a product company, or even if you have your own clients, uh, your own clients are often going to ask you for the files. Uh, and so it's hard for you as just like one person to be like, okay, I'm switching to Envision app unless your entire team is willing to tra move over to this new app. Um, so <laughs> that, in my opinion, like that, what, what's, what is making it really hard for all these tools to gain traction and replace, for example, things like Sketch because our entire industry just went through one transition and I'm not sure that we're ready for another one yet. Uh, and the, what this, this means is any new tool that has to come out has to be 10 times better than what's already out there. And that's going to be really tough. Yeah. It's a big ask to an individual or especially a whole team to completely change your tool set. Right. Yeah. Uh, and those changes don't happen very often. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think like in my career, I've only witnessed one major change, like Photoshop Illustrator to Sketch for UI. Yeah. Um, and granted, I started, I never touched Photoshop like for real. I started my career with Sketch. So uh, <laughs> even I, like myself, I never actually been gone through one of these transitions. Um, but this is, this is really interesting to be honest. Like I am not. I don't think they're competing directly with Sketch right now. They're competing more with still Photoshop and like those large teams that they haven't made any switch yet. And if you're not on the Sketch bandwagon right now, and if you're like going old school, and not because uh, like you're old school and you want to change, a lot of times it's because the, the the company they work at like they don't they don't allow you allow you to use another tool. And I know, for example, like at Apple, right? At Apple, I know that a lot of big teams still use Photoshop and have to, right? right? Um, just because of, like the whole legacy, and you know, you would have to train a huge team of designers using Nuzula or whatever. A lot of reasons, uh, but like Envision is is huge with with large corporations, <laughs> large teams, uh, <laughs> like Uber and Airbnb and stuff that I've seen in their website and Twitter and stuff. Um, and and here's also another thing I know, like I I got the feeling that Envision is super uh, compelling to uh, like stakeholders and to project managers, right? And to um, so not just designers. I don't want to say everyone, but designers. Like that's not what I'm trying to say. But it has a lot. Like for a project manager. If the the design team is using Sketch or Photoshop or whatever, like they don't care, right? They're not going to open the Sketch file. Uh, they don't care. Uh, they do care is that is there a place where I can see all the mockups, like all the PNGs? Can I go through? Can I comment it? Can, can I see all any version? And for that, uh, it's not Sketch and Photoshop and and Adobe or whatever XD that is providing that. It's tools like Envision nowadays, right? Um, and so. I see for those teams that is a compelling story that they're 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 they're, they're, they're telling here, um, and I mean it also really helps that the product itself for the designers that are actually going to be using this, it looks really solid. And granted, I never tried it; this is not out yet. Uh, you can request uh, early access. Um, I don't think anyone has like at least 
friends that I follow on Twitter or something that I don't I haven't heard anything, but like it seems that the tool itself is strong and solid. So if yeah, that happens, it, it does and, look and really also, good. It it does look good and uh, it looks a lot like Sketch, right? And I see that yep. as an advantage, <laughs> meaning that <laughs> there's no escaping it, right? It is like it, it it's Sketch with some tweaks. Um but but I think that is an advantage. And I I'm pretty sure that was like a you know purposefully decision on their end. Like because if it if it works and looks just like Sketch, I mean it means that for the designers that are that are gonna use it, they don't really need to go through a harsh transition period to, to learn a new tool, right? It just it works as you expect it, just like your old tools. Um so what I'm saying is this is a solid, compelling story that they're telling and they're selling, uh, and they're attacking from a lot of different sides to a lot of different stakeholders. Um, because if I, like the tool that you use at work, most likely, like it's not you that decide which tool you use at work. Like a company has some rules, has some guidelines, has some tools. Um, so I think they have a good chance here. Now I have a lot of other thoughts on just the design tool itself, but like I, I am, I think that they have a they have a compelling story, um, and I'm really looking forward to see if they're gonna make it or not. Right. The biggest sell for me is gonna be what happens when you click and drag on one of the values. <laughs> if that <laughs> updates, updates the values, then I'm bullish about this. If it doesn't, then this is doomed. I think was it you that like tweeted at Figma or whatever? Because I saw that Figma just added that because someone asked. Oh, like, did they? Here, and I was like, rejoice. Ooh, okay. Hmm. Um, I should. To I be should honest, I never no, use I that. Oh, I use it all the time. It's a must-have must for me. Because you can't get any type of precision doing that. No, you can. You know what I mean? No, you can. Just so use it for no, what? No, for like no. a positioning? Use it for uh, like rotation? Oh, not positioning. For uh, font size, for um, uh. like border radius, or what else? I don't know, much of other things. Okay. Well, we should have a, like a competition, uh, a test to see like who's who changes the value faster, me typing it in or using the arrow keys or you dragging. Okay, so that's but that's not the point. The point is <laughs> that um it I know you, you want to get like, a feel for it. It's not yeah, wanna, right, exactly. It's, it's not that you want to replicate an exact set of values. It's mm -hmm. that you just you want to like play with your your interface elements to f like just figure out what feels the best. And mm -hmm. for me, like nothing is as as good as that as just scrubbing over the values and just like clicking through the different modifying the different things all at once. Mm -hmm. Anyways, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm just yeah. like, too <laughs> no, used to this thing. So and now you I know, Envision. If someone is listening the other way, uh, but for me, it's like one of the <laughs> key features for for a design tool. Um, if you want to be a successful tool, add it. Yep, <laughs> that's my opinion. 
so yeah, I wished uh, uh, the people at Envision the best with this. Uh, it seems like they have a lot of interesting ideas. I love the dark mode. Um, and yeah, we'll see if they can succeed in, in shifting the industry over to this. Um, there's two things I want to say. First, and this is a very small, quick aside. Um, I'm kind of frustrated that all, probably like all, <laughs> all design tools, they feature and they showcase iOS design. Um, <laughs> it's convenient, I know. You can show a lot of the screens at the same time because if you're you know, designing for like web 1440 with artboards, like, you know, you're going to see half an artboard <laughs> at a time. Uh, so I know it's convenient to demo and to, to showcase. Um, but even like all of these transitions and stuff, it's so targeted at iOS uh, or like mobile design, right? right. Um, and like, I don't work for <laughs> mobile. Uh, I mostly work web. And so like, for example, Framer and then the, the like preview window floaty thing, Mm -hmm. It works wonderfully for mobile, which is a very narrow, small preview window. For web, I can never get that work, especially on my MacBook Adorable. Like, that is just not optimized for that at all. So it's just a frustrating, uh, like, it's just a frustration on my end. I think all you need a touch tools. bar. <sighs> yeah, that'll help. <laughs> I am a touch bar designer from now on. It's <laughs> my specialty now. Um so that was on one aside. If anyone works at uh, one of these design tools thingy, just, I don't know, think of us, please. Um, okay, now now a bigger discussion on this, and this applies for Envision, this applies for Framer, Adobe stuff. Um, like design tools, like the landscape, we had Photoshop forever, and that was it. Right? There was no discussion. What kind of tool do you use? Like, no, there was not a question that people <laughs> asked. Um, use Photoshop. And then Illustrator came, came along and it had a lot of like the vectors and, and it was great for another stuff, but mostly for UI. Uh, mostly people, you know, stuck around with, with Photoshop. And then Sketch came along. And Are you just going to ignore all the, <laughs> the fireworks hippies? I am. I am. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I am, because um, I wasn't born yet. I'm just kidding. I, um, I'm, I'm actually old. Uh, <laughs> but, but like Sketch came along, and, and one, one thing that I, I think most people don't, either don't remember or just dismiss it or it's not important, and that's fair, is that it took a while for Sketch to cement their position in the market. Um, like... With Sketch 2, that's where when I came in, and it was still like it was not a real contender, like a real replacement, but it was compelling. Like if you were doing some smaller tests, whatever. And then Sketch 3, I believe that was when the actual boom yeah. happened and when they started getting a lot of traction. And Sketch 3 came out uh, like four years ago, something like that. Um, so, like the reason Sketch became such a huge thing and got a huge chunk of the market it was because it 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 tackled the problem from a whole different angle right yeah. like and it it was not hard because photoshop was so bloated and it was not designed and built for ui work from the ground up so i'm not saying that it was like oh they were geniuses no they just you know seized a good opportunity um 
But that's why it was so compelling because Sketch was so di- so much different from Photoshop. The way tackle, the way you how things worked. Uh, like vector was a thing. I remember just like exporting at one and two x. Like <laughs> as a preset, you could do that. At the same time, it was like, oh my god, it's such a feature, compelling feature, right? Like looking yeah. back, it's silly, but it was that um, the simplicity and. and basically not being a huge bloated piece of software. Uh, and that's why it was so different, right? And it got traction. Yeah, and it was and honestly then, 10 times better than than Photoshop was yeah. at the things it was trying to do. Right. And so and then later, a couple years later probably, um, like we started seeing this whole new wave of prototyping tools. And that was in a way like it was just a completely new category in a way, right? It was a prototyping tool. It was not competing with Sketch and Photoshop. It was a different thing. It had a different purpose. Um, and this is this is also where we start seeing tools as like web tools, right? So things like Envision and, and, and Marvel and stuff, they were using web technologies, even Framer, even though it has a native app, like it's built around web technologies because web technologies allowed that tool to exist. You could do it with web technologies. So as we know, web technology is like, it's cheap, cross-platform, it has a lot of things going for it, especially if you're a small company and startup. Um, so that like it allowed for those tools to, to exist. Um, and we saw this, and we talked about this, um, like we saw these all these companies and tools tackling the same problem from different sides. Um, and then I think the next smaller thing was like artboards and symbols. That was a big feature from Sketch 3, like reusable components in a way uh, that we're now even seeing more and more. And then Figma came along, and Figma, I think, it kind of succeeded in a way, or at least it secured that smaller niche market was the collaboration aspect of it. And the fact that it is, it is on a cloud every time, all the time. So, like, syncing and, you know, the multiplayer thing, it was awesome. Um so it's like it was small. It was different enough. It had something going for it, right? Um, and I, th- I think that now what we're seeing now is taking all of these things, like design tools, prototyping, and by prototyping, I mean that transitions and stuff, um, collaboration and commenting, and putting it in one tool. They want to dominate everything. And so, Sketch hasn't jumped over prototyping realm but sketch now has the sketch cloud thing so now you can have your artboards on the web and people can comment on it now even abstract has that with collections and stuff like everyone is tackling the same set of problems from everywhere and everyone wants to own them all and and i feel like sometimes they sell themselves as like this big revolution now you can do all this but it's still solving the same things roughly the same way and it all comes down to either stakeholders that they decide it all comes down to price or it all comes down to whatever you used to use so you just stick with it um and yeah it's funny because with for example like uh, apple and google uh they used to be kind of frenemies almost like uh when the first iphone came out apple made like the hardware and the operating system but they had a couple apps that were uh, backed by google services right yeah and eric smith or someone was at on the stage yeah and it was great right um but now we've seen a similar shift where 
these companies are both trying to do them all. Google is, is doing hardware and Apple is trying to build services and they both have flaws in their own ways. And oftentimes I, I, I feel like I, it would just be better for customers if they just like were friends again, <laughs> just yeah. like do the things that you're good at. Um, and I wonder if that's something that's going to happen with design tools. If like in an attempt to own everything that we're going to end up with all these silos where like rather than be able to use, for example, Framer with Sketch that now like you would only be able to use Framer for everything or you would only be able to use Sketch for everything or you would only be able to use Envision Studio for everything. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a great point. I don't know. It kind of competes with the notion that like competition is healthy and it's good for the customer. Right. But that is true. Like, you know, iOS and Android, even if I wanted to switch, it's going to be so hard because I'm locked in. You know, what about all the movies that I bought on iTunes? What about all the apps that I have for iOS? What about, like, the longer I take to, to just decide or whatever, it gets harder for me to make a decision. Right. And now it's just like, well, I can't really change. Uh, that is that is a good point. Like when 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 Framer came out with the the design thing, I was like my my immediate first reaction was like, oh shit! Like, was what, what's going to happen with the Sketch partnership? Because they were like best buddies, right? And, uh, right. In Sketch, I think has cultivated good relations, uh, like with with Envision as well with the Crafts plugin and stuff. It's it's huge. Um, like it has plugins for everything. It allows everything. Uh, with Framer. Like I believe uh, when I bought Framer was this joint pack thing, like buy a Framer in a sketch license and be friends. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I wonder how this will affect all these relationships with these companies. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a, that's a good place to end this discussion. And mm-hmm. let's go to recommendations. All right, so do you want to start? As usual, I'll start. Um, <laughs> today, my recommendation is not something to watch or buy or read. Um, today, I just want to recommend for some people, like try wearing your Apple Watch upside down. So that means the digital crown will be on the bottom left corner. Now, why, uh, Rafa? Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of reasons. Like, it is easier to press the digital crown. Um, to scroll, it's it's weird because it, you use your thumb, right? So it just it's mm-hmm. a different like grip that you'll have to get used to. Um, and so also like if you if you like bend your like your wrists, the the wrist doesn't bump into the digital crown. A lot of like small reasons why you might like it, but here's the big one, and that made me try this. Um, the microphone on your Apple Watch is on the non-digital crown side of the watch. Right. Um, and so I can't tell you like how many times I've been shouting like, hey, dingus, to my watch, making a fool out of myself, and the watch not like picking it up. Uh, and it, it, This happens especially if I have like long sleeves, so the microphone side of the watch is actually under my, my, my shirt, right? Right. Um, <laughs> So by doing that, now the microphone is facing 
like you when you you know raise your wrist to your face um and like success rate of the dingus actually hearing me and replying has you know gone up tremendously so if you use the hey dingus feature on your watch and you're frustrated because it doesn't pick you up <laughs> try uh wearing your watch upside down um and don't be stupid like myself that took me a full day to realize that i could switch the bands so like the short band actually be on top when i switch oh, it upside right. down it's like oh no i can't get used <laughs> to this because i had to but anyway <laughs> don't be a dingus like me and um yeah that's my right. recommendation the main reason that has been preventing me from doing this is that i don't like how it looks <laughs> but mm -hmm. maybe i just need to try it and adjust like i don't prefer it <laughs> let's leave it like that but it doesn't, it doesn't annoy me like it's not a thing that i think too right. much but cool. now i now i am that's a good tip uh all right so my recommendation this week uh is also a bit of a different type of recommendation um so i'm recommending this thing called tabletop quality control uh and this is a community uh, of Ooh. analog game loving artists illustrators and designers so basically what that is um it's a brand new community but their goal is to take Uh, board games that have bad design and give them a bit of love, you know, uh, and and revamp them, create new visuals for it, uh, like enhance the, the designs uh, and make them accessible for people uh, to download so you can print them and use them on their own. Obviously, they encourage people to buy the actual games and not just download uh, these files. Um, one of the things that they do is they don't provide any uh, rule or instruction booklets. Uh, so <laughs> you sort of have to either know the game or have bought the real game, uh, which you should do. But uh, I personally really like this idea of having nicely designed versions of the games that I love. Uh, and uh, so they're currently looking for contributors. So that's why I thought I'd give them a shout out. Because uh, I think this might be a cool uh, side project that people might be interested in. Uh, and I'm looking forward to see the, the results of this. Link is in the show notes. Oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, I just have one question. Uh, so on a website, when I go I scroll down and I hit the button that says join the project, it, it it's a mail to link. Uh, how do I get in? You know, is that how am I supposed to write in and say, hi, I heard it on layout FM about this. I would like to contribute. Is that what I, yeah, I think so. It seems very MVP right now. Um, mm -hmm. So <laughs> you will, if you do apply, you'll probably in like a small set of people, <laughs> um, which is cool, right? Because there is like this community aspect. Um, so yeah, just write in, um, like write an email and um, who knows, you might, you might get in and help design your favorite games. So yeah. Cool. If you do so, um, you know, mention us. <laughs> All right, that's it for the show. Before we go, <laughs> um, I just want everyone to, to know that um, you can find all the show notes, all like links for previous shows. You can find links to sponsor if you have a thing that you wanna you want you wanna promote here on the show. Um, you can do that at our website, and that is layout.fm. Uh, you can also get in touch uh, either on Twitter, we are at layout.fm, or you can use Spectrum. 
spectrum.chat slash specfm slash layout. Um, and so th- this week, I want to give a shout out uh, to listener Greg Wolf for writing in and uh, on, on our discussion of, you know, the last week's episode, Body Ship is always a crappier version of what you actually envision. Um, so thanks, Greg. And um, yeah, you can follow me individually on Twitter. I'm at Rafa Hari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick. And um, I think that's it. As we mentioned in the beginning, you can you can listen to Kevin uh, on on the show, on a Clockwise show on Relay FM. Uh, there's also links in the show notes for that if you want to hear more Kevin. And lastly, this show is part of Spec FM. We are one big podcast family. Um, and if you want to check out more shows like this one or better or different, <laughs> I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, try Spec.fm. There's a bunch of stuff for you there. Um, and yeah, that is it. Dude, see you next week. Bye. And by see you, I mean I'll call you on Hangouts and we'll talk. <laughs> well, no, I do see you. We actually yeah, see each other. Yeah, yeah. On the screen. <laughs> Right, well, I guess then I'll, you know, I'll see you next week. Awesome. Bye. Happy birthday once again. <laughs> Thanks. I see here under upside down uh you put in blade runner i i don't think i have like a huge like long discussion on this on this movie right i don't have a lot of time either right so so i wonder if this deserves a bonus episode on its own or not so for this upside down let's just say i really really enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) cool Mm -hmm. like want to share more (laughs) (laughs) um what did you like about it like like first the the atmosphere the way it looked the way the way it was presented it was absolutely amazing i love the like the retro sci-fi style you know yeah um so it's like the future but retro like they have this weird like lcds with anyway yeah uh, it sounds um I think it's funny how, like, especially because I rewatched the original Blade Runner uh, just before uh, watched this movie, and so I picked up a lot of like sound effects from Alien, the movie, mm. uh, you know, Ridley Scott as well. So there's right. a lot of reused uh, sound effects and props, um, and I, I picked up some as well in this movie as well. So they still, you know, survived from uh, 1989. No, way before. 78 whatever uh alien it's old as mm-hmm. fuck yeah uh, <laughs> also it was did you cool like the soundtrack to, i yeah i really i really did i really did yeah, i think really it, did it, it was it was a good um it was a good balance between you know 
it is a Blade Runner soundtrack, uh, but it's new modern soundtrack. You know, yeah. I think it matched really well the visuals, which is still that retro sci-fi Blade Runner look, but modern. So, yeah, and I haven't I haven't listened to it while working. It's a good work soundtrack. <laughs> so intense. <laughs> It is. It is. <laughs> That's good. But so is my work, you know? Ooh, um, okay. <laughs> um, Someone's taking those up seriously. Uh, also, the casting of this movie, like, I can't find, like, any criticism. I think it was perfect. Um, so, casting top-notch. Um, so, you know, the old debate is, you know, Harrison Ford, a uh, replicant or not in the original. Yep. That was a big one. And the different cuts of the movie alluded, you know, hinted at different takes. Um, I'm going to be super honest. Like, I watched the movie, and I don't remember, like, I, I probably watched all the takes because I watched the movie, like, four times. Um, and I didn't even really think too much about that, if he was or not, mm-hmm. um, before reading, like, the, you know, the forums and stuff, like, Reddit threads online. <laughs> um, to me, it was like, no, he's not. And I know there's like people allude to it. Like someone asked him, like uh, Deckard, have you ever taken the test yourself? You know, so like the the question is asked and raised, but nothing ever uh, made me lean on the side that he is. You know, like there's no, nothing that right. pulls me to that to that side. Well, and, I feel like one of the takes really hints at that. No, I forget what you mean. One the it is. the final cut. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one. So, what what makes you think that? What what what, what any particular line or something? Uh, I've seen it a while ago, so I can't recall lines off the top of my so head. I, the, the version that I watched a couple weeks ago was the final take. Uh, I think that's how you, right. it's called. Um, and still, I mean, I knew about the like the you know the controversy and the 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 theories, so it was not like. Oh right. No, I was kind of like looking for it, but right. still like no, no. It wasn't it was super subtle. Uh, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but then you see the trailer for this new movie and I saw old Harrison Ford and I was like, well then then I guess not. Um and there's <laughs> a lot like plot-wise there's a lot of questions that by the way, uh spoilers from now on. If you haven't watched Blade Runner 2049, either stop listening or stop listening. Um, so moving on, uh, plot wise that like, there's still some questions that I still have. Um, uh, and, and like, I loved, I love the, the double turns out in this movie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the first turns out is like, turns out Ryan Gosling is, you know, the son of Harrison Ford and, and the replicant. Like right. oh my god, and I was kind of I was kind of like disappointed, like mad at this movie for like being so obvious. Like oh come on, right? Yeah, I got same it. for and, me. Like one, yeah. The first time I see the the little like the furnace thingy, yeah. I was the the flashback, the dream. I was just like, like I oh, could see it coming from I got a it. mile away. Yep. I was just like, and so oh, I was like, I am like, so is smart. This what, what this is gonna be about? And it turns yep. out no. So, but but I was not like I. If that was the if that was the 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 twist like if that was it, mm-hmm. it's a solid plot. You know, it's a solid story. It's fine. Um, mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't be like super disappointed. But I was feeling like so smug and smart, like I totally saw it coming like for like half an hour ago. Um, but then that's a double turns out. Like turns out that's not the turns out. Like turns out, nope, that memory is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not from Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I do wish that the first turn out turns out was uh, less obvious because I didn't feel smart for knowing for knowing mm-hmm. it. I I felt like mm-hmm. the movie was dumb. Was like, it was like <laughs> putting like a giant sign in my face saying like, hey, look at this. <laughs> look like, here. This is like well, what the, the plot twist <laughs> is going to be. I was just like, seriously? And then that made me think, there's no way. Like, how, like there's no way <laughs> I can come up uh, uh, with the plot twist like this early in the movie. I was like looking at my watch. I'm like, there's still like a solid what, like hour and a half or something. Like mm-hmm. there has to be something else. Um, yeah, it was like the whole movie was like ah ah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but here's here's why. Like I was completely fooled by the double turns out was because I was not expecting a plot twist. Like Blade Runner, the original right. didn't have really yeah. a plot twist, right? And that is fine. Not all movies like need to have a huge plot twist at the end in order to be enjoyable. Like so, that's why I was fine with it. Like, all right, I I get it. Like I get I I get what you where you're going. Um, but like if if it's if the story is still solid and told in a you know in a good way, I, I would be okay with it. And that's why the double turns out work really well, right? Um, so I I I love that. Yep. I still have some questions around the plot, smaller things, but still. Well, do, do you want to go through it? <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's hear it. Do, do you have time? We can we can wrap it up. So I have maybe five more minutes. So if we can okay. So just just minutes. one thing that maybe you you get it. I I certainly it still puzzles me a bit. So as we know from the previous movie, uh, replicants, at least that model, they have a four year lifespan, right? Right. Um, but the I should bring up the characters' names, like the replicant that the, the Harrison Ford, uh, you know, ran with. Um, she she died giving birth, right? Right. Maybe. <laughs> yes, she died giving okay. birth. That was like the, the diagnosis, like the the the, the not the diagnosis, the shit, like the the cause of death. Um, right. And. But so, did she have that four-year time span limit? Like, or like, were they that fast at you know running, uh, finding a farm somewhere, or uh, and you know, wait, getting pregnant? So, and, I forget if I'm like mixing everything up, but mm-hmm. um, was it like didn't the old models not have an expiry date? But she was not an old model. Okay. She was yeah, a new, that's new what's model. That's unclear to me. She was the newest model ever that, um, like, she was, she was not even, like, a, like, a, like, a model that you can buy. She was the, like, assistant of, uh, what was her name? Tyrell. Right. Right? So, and she herself didn't even know she was a replicant. So it was, like, a real, like, one of a kind. And maybe. Yeah. The whole point, the whole goal of her of that that model was to be able to reproduce, right? Yeah, I heard that um, theory. Right. So, and and that was the the secret that the new 
I don't know, E Corp, <laughs> Evil Corporation, whatever it's called, <laughs> uh, Jared Leto uh, was trying to 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 nail to, to get that. Um, but but like, and, and some people still have the question if Harrison Ford is a replicant or not. <laughs> um, I because someone told like, oh, it's something there. There was something there was something in in his eyes or whatever. Like, oh, replicants. It's from their eyes that you can tell that they're replicants. So that means whatever. Um, so there's some things that they were, it were they were a bit confusing, um, but like I can't wait for that movie to to come out on iTunes or something. To, yeah, so, so I feel I like I need it. to watch it one one or two times again, mm-hmm. to like pick up on all yeah. the small small little details that I missed. Um, one thing that I think we have to mention is just like how abysmal this movie is in diversity. Like this is just like white guys basically mm. um it's 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 a like, modern movie made by an old person <laughs> right i mean at least that's what it feels like um mm-hmm. so all it seems like almost all the woman characters are just accessories to the, like a male uh main mm-hmm. character so that like I give that a thumbs down for me um, because it seems like there's so many opportunities for for them to have have made like the right decision there mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. didn't um, mm-hmm. like the obvious example is like why did we need Jared Leto at all? You need one bad evil creepy dude, right? Well, to be the wait, but this. why wouldn't it be a that oh bad creepy lady? absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. no right because i forget i forget her name but we like he had sort of this uh i don't know like this this like handyman kind of or handy woman i guess kind of thing uh-huh. uh there was oh, the henchman doing henchwoman like, yeah or henchman yeah um so like why couldn't she just be the the bad girl of the of the movie yeah. um yeah, no, i feel I like you. that would have been really easy and would have made things better um yeah, I don't know, and, and like it might be because this movie stems from this old classic, I guess. Um, so, and and even the original had some very pro- problematic scenes uh, with regards uh, to women. Yeah. Um, so I still can't understand that scene. Like, yeah, no. It's, even even by old standards, what are you trying to say there? Like, am I supposed to? think that that was that that's like passionate behavior i don't i don't get it that, that that's completely yeah. messed up that scene that's yeah. cool. no, it's it just crazy and so what we're referring to here is effectively the rape scene in the original yeah. movie yeah like yeah. It, there's no other way to put it really um no and looking at this today you're sort of like well maybe you imagine like a different technological future but you certainly didn't think through all the aspects um because like hopefully this wouldn't be acceptable today um no but uh yeah i again like i don't think this is a movie for everyone and (laughs) a proof of that is that it's not doing very well at the box office (laughs) um Uh but i think it's a competently made movie uh it's a, I view it sort of as a piece of art um, where like it has flaws and it's not perfect, but it has a lot of soul to it. 
you can pick apart so many aspects of it. Uh, and I just love that because so many movies these days just feel so heavily um, manufactured, like mm -hmm. all the Avengers stuff. Like, like you, you just, can feel that whoever made this movie really cared about this movie. Like right. They, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So you, you may agree or disagree with the choices that were made, but at least it seems like it comes from like a human place. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I wish there were more movies like this um, and like not and specifically wish. like movies about like dystopian future, but just like movies with that amount of care and attention to detail. Um, I feel like this is what the movie industry needs. We don't need more Avenger movies. <laughs> I might get a lot of emails. Hey, yeah, we this, do. But uh, don't take my Avengers movies away from me. <laughs> no, no, we don't. Like we've seen enough. Um, nope. We need nope. more movies. We can like scrap this. the Transformers. I, like, I, like more movies should should be almost three hours long. If if we're mm. just up to me, I think the one hour movie length is just too short. Um, so yeah. I want Ryan Gosling's jacket. Can't find yes. it anywhere. My God, I want that. I need that jacket. Also, yeah. by the way, was I the only one that when um, the the oh my God, I what's her name? The assistant Joy Anna Anna the Armas character Anna character. Anyway, you know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about the projector. Yeah. Um, when she was like, oh, like when stuff was going down, I was like, dude, you're like your logs are totally being sent to Google, like to cloud or whatever. <laughs> They're totally going to know like what's going on. Uh, right. But no, apparently in the future, rest assured, wait, is this uh, proof that Apple is going to succeed over Google? Because in the future, uh, there's no like this cloud thing. Uh, all your data stays in the device. So that's good to know. Yeah. Yay, privacy. <laughs> proof. Okay, right, that's dude. a good place to end it. Mm -hmm. You you have a good uh, birthday party or whatever. I don't know if you're going to celebrate, but you should. Thanks. Yeah, I'm going for dinner with friends. Boom. All right, dude. Have fun. Thanks. Bye. Bye.